Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Nostalgia Crew. This is the show where we discuss all things nostalgic. Uh, this is Bill along with Danielle. Hello. And this month we're going to have a, or well actually not this month, this episode because I'll explain why we weren't on last month in a moment. Um, we're going to have our usual topics plus... Danielle is going to tell us what she misses, and we're going to have a lively conversation about an article from Entertainment Weekly that came out a little bit over a month ago about the 20 best Disney songs ever. Um, so we'll talk about that. Um, real quick... The reason why there was no show in March uh, is actually going to be on my end because basically everybody got sick at some point in time uh, in my family, including myself. Uh, but, you know, fortunately all of that is gone. So we're going to try and give you guys two shows in the month of April. We're going to try. That's the key word. Try. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we get into it, and Danielle, I'll let you start off. Okay. Um, so, they have, in the world of um, continuing to bring revivals and reunions mm -hmm. of things, there are two. I don't know if I talked about this one last week. This one I'm actually kind of ticked off about. Okay. <laughs> um, that they are bringing back Will and Grace. Mm. Not that I hate Will and Grace. I loved Will and Grace. Yeah. It's just that the problem is that Will and Grace ended... It's one of those things where you make a reunion thing, you have to remember how the original one ended, and then you can't really... And um, I don't know how many people on here who are listening watched Will and Grace. Um, is Will and Grace ended with Will and Grace fighting, and they each had um, Will and his partner had adopted the son and Grace and her ex had a daughter and they were babies and they were fighting and they didn't talk to each other and they did a time skip to where they eventually reconciled when their kids wound up going to the same college together so about 20 years maybe not 20 like 18 years after the show ended so 2006 right into um, 2024 is when it picks back up. So, okay. So, in this year, 2017, they are talking still. So, the, the actors did, did a little PSA for the election about voting and stuff. And that's fine, because it was just a PSA, but the PSA got so successful, NBC's like, hey, let's bring back the series. And I'm 
like, yeah, but do you not remember how it ended? Like, I feel like I am the only person on this earth who remembers how the show ended. And everybody's like, oh, yes, Will and Grace is coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Hmm. Unless you're going to do a time skip again, it doesn't make any freaking sense. And it just drives me crazy that they're acting like... Oh, God. I, I, I hate revivals that ignore stuff that happened in, previously. Right, right. Like, it just drives me... Oh, but I'm going to watch it, and I really hope they address it, and we're not supposed to ignore it, because that would be really stupid. Um, But, yeah. And the other revival that is coming out that I'm going to watch this, and the weird thing is I didn't watch the original show, <laughs> is um, the spinoff to That's So Raven called Raven's Home. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, it's about Raven um, and her best friend Chelsea. Raven, her best friend Chelsea um, from the original show. Mm-hmm. And they're both um, divorced single mothers and they share a house together. Hmm. I think they were inspired by Fuller House, but whatever. Um, uh, so they decided that they're going to bring the show back. Um, it's going to be Raven has two kids. Chelsea has one kid. Raven's daughter inherits psychic abilities like the mother did. And this is what happens, which I think sounds interesting. Um, Raven. I, I think, personally, this show is going to do better than Girl Meets World did because That's So Raven was originally on the Disney Channel. Yeah. And that Raven's Home is going to be on the Disney Channel. So the kind of stuff that they did, they're on the same network, so they don't have to change it. It won't look weird. It's going to look exactly the, you know. But Girl Meets World failed because they were on, Boy Meets World was on ABC, there were certain places they were allowed to go that Disney won't let them go. Yeah. So, and that's why Fuller House is doing well on Netflix, because Netflix, you can do whatever. Basically. And, yeah, they they have more, they were able to make it more mature, and they also realized that, hey, the majority of our fan base is not young people, but the people who grew up with it, so they're in a... 30s, mm-hmm. so they're not going to watch, you know. Right, we're not going to insult their intelligence. Right, so we're going to, and people are flipping out, like, oh my god, it's so dirty, oh. But no, that's why Fuller House is on season three, with more episodes than they had in the previous two. That's why they won the People's Choice Awards. I mean, that's why they won, they, they just keep winning awards. And the original show didn't even win a war. Yeah, it didn't win a single thing. It didn't win crap, so... And it ran for eight years. So I think, yeah, that's... Um, so, you know, I might watch Raven's Home. Um, Raven Simone is executive producer. She's left The View to focus on it full-time. Oh, good, she left The View. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because Candace Cameron left The View because Fuller House became such a huge hit that... Uh, you know, she couldn't go back and forth between California and New York. I don't blame her. Um, so, yeah. So, hey, we keep getting revivals. Maybe the view will get canceled because everybody keeps leaving. Yeah. 
Like well, all it would have to take, I think, is for Whoopi Goldberg to get a show, and that'll be it. Yeah, just, just, just sit giraffe on TV. Yeah. Go. I don't watch the view. I watch the Price is Right. There so you go. yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. All right. Um, my first thing that I want to bring up, and I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm, I have mixed, not mixed feelings, but I got two emotions on this. Mm-hmm. The first part is I'm real happy about this. The other part is I am upset, and I'll tell you why I'm upset in a moment. Okay. So, it was announced recently that they're going to bring, Capcom is, um, the Disney Afternoon Collection. And, no, it's not the, it's not DVDs. It's video games. Oh. Let me tell you what the collection is. It's six games. Mm-hmm. It's DuckTales, woo, DuckTales 2, <coughs> Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2. Okay. Now, I've played DuckTales on the Xbox 360, and the graphics are just incredible. So it's going to be released... On April the 18th. So that's going to be... About two... No. uh, About a week and a half from now. As of this recording. Okay. So I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, I I played Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers when I was a kid. I beat that game. I want to try and beat it again. I had Tailspin on the Game Boy. I could never really quite get it. Maybe I could get it as an adult now. And then I see where it's going to be released on. And that's where I'm upset. It will be released on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation Uh 4, and Xbox One. Okay. Leaves us poor 360 users out the window. Because the thing with... The PS4 and the Xbox One, as people will tell you, mm-hmm. you have to have an HDTV to get it connected to. And I like to spend a lot of my days downstairs doing stuff and playing on the Xbox is one of them. Right. While our TV, or at least the VCR and DVD part of it, is dying, uh, I don't think we're getting an HDTV anytime soon. So, I have to suffer knowing all you wonderful people out there who have a PS4 or an Xbox One that, hey, I could play it on my system and not some lousy 360. It makes me sad. Tear, tear, tear. But, I will say the cool thing about it, and, and, and I'll use DuckTales as the example, is if you get the game, the graphics are so much better. Because they're coming, they're transitioning them from the 8-bit, which is what all these games were on, you know, into 
21st century, you know, video game graphics, and it's just going to be absolutely amazing, so. Mm -hmm. Still, though, it looks like I'm going to be out, out the loop for a while, not being able to play these games. So you don't have HDTV? Well, not, not down in the basement. Oh, okay. Uh, we do upstairs, but I'm not going to hook it up upstairs. I mean, yeah. Because everybody watches something up there, so. Yeah, it's weird how, like, almost everything is now designed for HDTV, because, um, I had my DVD player break down on me, and, um, so I temporarily used one of our old ones until I was able to buy a new one, and I, you... It does not work picture-wise to hook up a standard DVD player up to a high-def TV. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And then the funny thing is, I went to the store to get a new one, and I wound up having to get a DVD Blu-ray player because you can't really buy just a regular DVD, DVD player. player. Yeah. So, um, so, I got it, and I was like, my God, because for years... I said, well, um, I want to get, um, I want to try to take everything. In fact, the guy at the movie stop told me that you should start taking your DVDs that you have and getting everything on them on Blu-ray because that's what's going to happen. And this was like seven years ago this man told me this. And I said, well, I don't know if I can afford it. And, um... My friend said, well, you know, Blu-ray player can still play a DVD, which mine does. Yeah. It does. But, so, um, so I bought Cinderella at the store, and my sister's boyfriend said, well, why don't you, you should just get it on Blu-ray since you have a Blu-ray player, and Blu-ray has more extras on it than DVD does. say this because you you know you mentioned the guy at the store years ago told you oh yeah. you're gonna get everything on blu-ray we're in the 2017 now and we still have dvd it's not like yeah where when the dvd first came out and it was like oh you know the vhs is going to be gone real soon it took a long time before vhs tapes were completely gone yeah, in fact, I heard, like, I think it was last summer they just stopped selling VCRs. I was like, I could have swore it was before that, but no. <laughs> um, and the library where I worked, some of the patrons were asking, well, when are you going to start stocking Blu-ray? And our director said, when it starts out selling DVDs. 
Exactly. So what we used to do is we would get the Blu-ray and DVD in one, and we used to get to keep the Blu-rays and put them in the like um, the freebie bin or whatever. But then they started out selling them, so we had to keep them. So I don't know how long it would be before we have a Blu-ray category. Yeah. Right? But yeah. And and the other thing to bring up on HD, and I know this is for me, and I'm sure it's for you too. Mm-hmm. On demand. When you want to watch a TV show, because sometimes I'll watch, you know, cartoons with my nephews. It's sometimes by myself, so. Right. It seems like almost all the selections are HD only. And it's almost like the cable companies are telling you, go get HD. We're done with this SD crap. Go get HD. And there are people who can't afford it. It's the truth. Yeah. Because yeah, cause with the cable company, well, we have it, but the cable company, it costs extra to get an HD box versus a regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but what drives me crazy is my mother has this annoying habit of when she wants to watch something. She turns to the regular channel, not the HD channel. Like, Mom, mm-hmm. like we have the. Cause she's like this big TV and it's got a HD, but you, so like, it, it, you can because standard channel, it's like it doesn't even the picture doesn't even fill up the whole screen. Right, which is true. Which, which is how you can tell the difference. I'm like, well, you have this big TV. Won't you want to fill the screen? But the other thing though is, and I learned this years ago from my dad who learned it from a friend of his and this is for DVRs if you set a show to record uh-huh. you should do it on the standard definition instead of HD because <coughs> excuse me if you record it on SD it takes up less space in your DVR ah so just a recommendation to everyone yeah. Um, well, I use DVRs. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Danielle, why don't you go ahead with uh, your next story that you have? Um, let me think. That was a good one. God, I lost it that fast. I hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um... Well, oh, yes, right, okay. This is a, something I have recently started watching and I am obsessed with. Um, I don't know, those of you who read Archie comics, um, CW has turned the Archie comics into a, what I refer to as a nighttime soap opera. Some people hate that term, but um, and it's called Riverdale, and it is so good. And... Um, I grew up reading Archie comics, and it's weird because in the comic book community, people act like, oh, it's not a superhero comic, it's not a... And, you know, they just sort of scoff at, ooh, read this comic about those two girls fighting over a boy. Yeah. <laughs> comic book. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with reading it, you know, but because it's not sci-fi or... Ooh. Or a superhero... <laughs> Superhero, oh, it's not part of the fandom, or 
God, people are just... But anyways, because CW has adapted a lot of their other... A lot of other comic books into TV shows like, um... Oh, Arrow... The Flash... Um, Smallville... Um, they even moved Supergirl from CBS yep. to CW because they thought it fair better. So, I was so pumped because they were adapting Riverdale. They are doing Riverdale. I was like, yes! Because... You know, I have friends who, whenever they make these new superhero movies, they're like, oh, I like this version, or, oh, the origin, they're doing the origin of this, and, oh, yes, I'm so, so excited, because, and it's and it's like Spider-Man, and this is like, I think they're going to be on, like, the third adaptation of, of Spider-Man coming out, and then Wonder Woman, and it, and I have had very little stuff for Archie, like, it was a cartoon in the 60s, and then it was maybe a, um, they, they did like a reunion movie of them as adults, and that was really awkward. Um, but there there was very little live action stuff or much of anything of Archie. All Archie really was was a comic book. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so when I heard that, oh, yes. I get a show where I can watch it live action every week. So um, I watched it. And also, and it's really good. And yes, it's very different in that it is a soap opera, primetime drama. So it's a little darker. Although the commercial made it look much darker than it was because I was really... The main plot revolves around a murder, but there's several other storylines. So the commercial focused so much on the murder that it kind of looked like Sleepy Hollow, and it made me really scared or nervous because I'm like, oh, God, they're going to. But, no, it's, um, there's um, relationship drama, there's cliques. It's, it's like a high school drama. Yeah. Um. CW even refers to it as the show that will repair the Gossip Girl size hole in your heart, <laughs> which is sort of true, but I think Gossip Girl was a lot funnier. But um, uh, yeah, so it's good, and yes, they made a lot of changes, but it works. Like, um, oh, let me see if I can say one as a spoiler. Uh, they've done what I call raceless for the characters in that they've made. Josie and the Pussycats are all black. They're right. not. In the cartoon, just Val was black, but now both Josie and Melody are black. Mm-hmm. They're a famous band. They're a local band who plays, like, a few school events and local um, uh, local functions. They're, like, a up-and-coming. They're trying to get big. And then Josie's mom's the mayor, and there's a lot of stuff with that, and and her dad is like just an ass who who is a jazz musician and scoffs at her music because it's pop and refuses to support her. And there's that. And then Veronica's Latino, although you wouldn't notice because, except for the fact that her mother says Mija. Mija? Mia. Oh, Mia. Mia. But the way she says it sounds like Mia. She sort of says it. But, um, and. as many people in as they could because 
if you read Archie comics, this thing's been running for like, oh God, since the 1940s, and they've had so many characters. So the fact that in just 10 episodes, they were able to squeeze in as many people as they have so far is rather impressive. And they give the kids' parents storylines, too. That's just insane. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think it's very impressive, but it's on the CW. It's on Thursday nights, 9 o'clock. And I highly... And if you've never read the comics, you can still watch it because it's... Um, it's just the fact that you've read the comics is an added bonus. But if you have read the comics, just keep an open mind because it is a little darker. There is soap opera-like drama. There are people, you know, um, scheming and being cutthroat. And it's not yeah. happy, sappy, oh, yeah. And, um, but it, it's, <laughs> it's pretty intense. And, um, Although I posted a spoiler because <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but you can tell if you go on my Facebook. But um, my favorite couple on the show, and they don't hook up until a few episodes in, and I was so excited, and I made it my cover picture. And I didn't think anyone would notice, and then someone comments that I'm behind. I didn't know. <laughs> spoiler alert. But, yeah, go watch Riverdale. Um, it's... <laughs> It's very addicting. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? It's funny you mentioned TV because my next thing I wanted to talk about is sort of TV related. Okay. And, and it sort of goes back to the DVD conversation we just had. Uh-huh. Um, I found this yesterday. And I, I know there are going to be some people that are going to like hearing about this. Coming out in May will be... Season 1 and Season 2 of Rugrats. Oh! Um, and, and I have the information in front of me. Um, both will be released on May the 2nd. So that's about less than four weeks away. And on the DVD, uh, they're going to have... Well, Season 1 is... A two-disc set, and it's going to have obviously all of the episodes um, available on on uh, both discs. So season one is two discs. Mm-hmm. Season two is four discs. And um, I actually have okay. Well, I have here season. Uh, to all of the episodes listed. I'm not going to go through all of them, but pretty much every episode from within those first two seasons are going to be on the DVD. Um, and if you're looking to pre-order them on Amazon, um, if you don't have Prime, Season 1 costs $14.98, Season 2, as soon as I pull it back up, costs $19.99. So, um, and of course, if you have Prime, it's cheaper. I mean, I can tell you Season 2 is $12.34 if you get it with, you know, if you order it and if you have Prime. Uh-huh. And Season 1, which is, this is a steal, $8.25. 
and that's if you have Prime. So, um, and and I know there are those who are big Nickelode you know, Nickelodeon fans, cartoon fans out there, um, and and there are a lot of those who are into, um, the Rugrats. So I figured, once I saw this, I thought, huh, okay, this would be a good thing to tell everyone. So, uh, if you want to check it out, go right ahead. Um, like I said, they're both available on pre-order. Uh, wherever it is, through Amazon or wherever it is that you get your stuff, and they will both be available for sale on May the 2nd. Okay. Or, if we can joke, Cinco de Dos. Ah. Or Dos de Mayo, I mean. Damn, I messed up my own joke. <laughs> get off the stage, Bill. Boo-hoo. All right. Uh, do you have any more? Um, this might go with. Hold on a second, if I can get. Cause this kind of bugs me. Um, I think it was called. All right. They have announced that they were going to do, um, I just need to find the name of it, that's what's driving me crazy, a classic cartoon channel, a classic cartoon cable channel. Okay. And... So, is it, like, not to cut you off, but is it sort of like what Boomerang used to be? Basically. That's why when I heard it announced, I was like, you mean to tell me... <laughs> you're going to... Oh, well, Boomerang has changed. Oh, yeah, and I'm kind of ticked off about it, too. <laughs> because, you know, it used to be actual classic cartoons, and now it's like Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. Not that I have anything... Well, I actually like Teen Titans, though. Most people hate that show, and they get all up, um, you know, because I said... I think it's funny, but I think it's hilarious, personally. That's just me. Um, let me see. What is it called? Because I... Oh, crap. I had heard that they were going to release... Alright. Classic Cartoon Channel. Ah, God. What is it called? Google. Maybe I'll find it. Yeah. I heard that they were going to announce it. Oh! Here we go. Is this... channel and I was reading this and going yeah well what about boomerang mm -hmm. just keep boomerang going like I don't get why you had to do another one because it wasn't the initial purpose of boomerang to air all the old cartoons. it was 
It was. That, you know, oh, here we go. Boomerang Cartoon Internet Streaming Service. That's what it is. Okay. Here we go. Boomerang, um, they're going to, they're going to launch, Turner Warner Brothers are going to launch Boomerang's cartoon streaming subscription service for $5 a month. That's what ticked me off. Because I'm like, you mean to tell me I'm going to have to pay five extra dollars for something that you could have just done, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it will be exclusive home to new episodes of Scooby-Doo, Looney Tunes, and Tom and Jerry, as well as Bugs. Uh, as well as the Flintstones, but they won't carry any ads. It was going to launch sometime in the spring of 2017 um, with content rotated weekly. The Netflix-style on-demand service is an extension of the linear boomerang TV channel. The TV channel isn't going away. Okay, so it sounds like it'll be on, like, Roku or... Yeah. And but, I actually have also here in front of me, because I did find it in Wikipedia. Yeah. You mentioned that they have it for four ninety nine a month or five dollars a month. Yeah. You can also get it annually, and this is a steal a year, for forty dollars. Huh. Forty dollars yeah. a year. Yeah. Okay, um, I, wow, would I be interested in getting that? That's, ooh, that's a tough call. I mean, I would sort of want to, but then it would be like, okay, what would be the point of having it if I don't watch it except if my nephews are over? And they said it's going to irritate them, irritate fans of the TV channel because this is now the only place where you can see Scooby-Doo, Looney Tunes, and Tom and Jerry. You can't see them on the TV channel. Well, okay, I'm going to I'm going to stop you on that. Not 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 to correct you, but if you get up early in the morning like 6 a.m., which I know I do during the work week, yeah. You there's a 2-hour block of Looney Tunes from 6 to 8 a.m. So, Oh, yeah, well, that's, once this launches, that's not going to be the case anymore. Probably. That's what they said. They said that it's going to be, oh, and they're re bringing back Wacky Races. Oh. Yes! I loved Wacky Races. They're reviving it. They're not... Oh, they're reviving it? They're rebooting it, yeah. Okay, well, I'm all in it if they have Dick Dastardly and Muttley in it. They are... They're doing original shows as well, so they'll be rebooting the Wacky Races, and they are doing a spin on the Wizard of Oz called Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. So, hmm. um, and looking at the animation style, <laughs> do, do do you have the link so I could see it? Yeah, sure. Hold on. All right. Okay, I am all in it if Dick Dastardly and Muttley are on it. Uh -huh. I, I could care less about if they have to create new characters. Give me Muttley. Give me Dick Dastardly. Alright, let's take a look. Well, the animation for Wizard of Oz, I should say. Not, um, the wacky races, they just mentioned that they're bringing it back. Yes. 
Oh my god. I know. <laughs> okay, first off, the lion looks like a bear dressed as a lion. I don't think Dorothy is supposed to be that small of a child. The Tin Man looks like a robot. And the Scarecrow looks like if Barbara Streisand was a man. That's right. I went there, folks. The Scarecrow looks like Barbara Streisand if she was a man. Alright. I. You know what? I... I I'd be willing to give this one a shot. I really would. Yeah, I mean, I want to pay $5 a month, you know? Or you could get it for $40 a year. I could. See, and I mean, it's not a lot. No, it's really not. I mean, it's cheaper than what I'm paying for Netflix, let's be honest here, but I'm not getting rid of Netflix. No, I don't think anybody really is. No, I am not getting rid of Netflix. I don't... I, I I I need that to keep me amused at work. <laughs> yeah, I listen to Netflix while I'm at work sometimes. Um, and I'm kind of ticked off because some of the shows I listen to on Netflix at work are gone. So. Right. <laughs> All right. But um, there. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm. I'm always happy to see the Jetsons and, uh, and but I mean when Boomerang first started they had like Hanna-Barbera stuff I had never out, heard of. out the wazoo and it reminded me of classic Cartoon Network you know back when Cartoon Network had the black and white letters with the checkerboard mm -hmm. and they would air classic cartoons they'd um, oh, God, I miss those. They, they would air what was called Super Chunk, where you got, like, a cartoon marathon for, like, three hours every Saturday from 4 to 7. You got Super Chunk. And then from 7 to 9, it was Cartoon Theater, where they'd air, like, an animated movie, and it would be, like, Rockin' with Judy Jetson <laughs> or something, like. Right. Yeah, something, like from the 80s or wherever that you wouldn't see anywhere else ever. Or, um, I think the downfall of that was when they ran out of stuff to air, so they started airing motion pictures, and I was like, really? Hmm. Um, <laughs> on Cartoon Network? Uh, and, uh, then they had Mysteries, Inc., which a lot of people don't realize was the name of a cartoon block. It's now called, um, it's now, it was eventually, eventually called the newer version of Scooby-Doo, but Mysteries, Inc. in the 90s was a cartoon block on Cartoon Network mm -hmm. that had every cartoon from the 70s evolving, revolving around people trying to solve mysteries, and you'd be surprised how many there were, but it was enough to fill up at least two hours. Yeah. They had... Um, Scooby-Doo, uh, Juicy and Pussycats, Jabberjaw, uh, some show called The Clue Club, which I had never heard of until they did this, um, a lot, the pup named Scooby-Doo, just all kinds of, well, I mean, shoot, you could fill up a whole block with just Scooby-Doo, if you really, because there were so many incarnations. Oh my gosh, yes. 
it's just insane. Especially, like, especially the one with uh, Vincent Price on there. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was weird. They just fought anybody. <laughs> Today, Scooby Doo meets Don Knox. It was like anything that they could, anyone that they could animate, they fought. It's just so weird. Like Today, Scooby Doo meets Batman. Can we have that back? Like, as a new series? Like... The all-new Scooby-Doo movies? I did see. ashamed of myself, and, and I'm not making jokes about this, but I just want to bring it up. This week, okay. Barry, Mon- Barry Manilow, Barry Manilow, jeez, I, yeah. I can't see shit today. Um, Barry Manilow announced in the, in the most recent edition of People Magazine that he is gay. In, yeah. in other news, the sun is bright. Rain is wet and the grass is green. That's what I said at work pretty much. Because I was at work on my break, sitting at my coworker 
because when I read that, I was like, but I thought the people knew. I could have sworn he had, or it was just an open secret or what, but, um, you know, someone said, well, to those who are making fun, you know, insulting him for coming out, this is why people are scared to come out, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not making fun of him for coming out. Oh, I no. Think, you know, no, I'm making fun of the people who are stunned. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> okay. First off, I, I just want to say that I actually commend Barry for finally coming out, you know. I mean, he could, if, if he had done this, and I'm going to, oh, there we go. If he had done this 30, 40 years ago, not only would it have been earth-shattering, he probably would have been blackmailed and blackballed from music forever. At that time. That's true. So, I am fine with him coming out now. Yes, did we know he was gay? For the most part, yeah, we sort of did. But it doesn't take away the man's ability. He's a hell of a singer. I mean, he's one of those, you know acts of the 70s that is still popular to this day. And and I can respect the man for saying, you know what, I didn't want to say it because I wasn't sure how people would have reacted at the time. I can live with that. I, I mean, I have friends that I work with who are gay. And I'm fine with that. And I agree. I think it's the people who, excuse me, who are like, wow, you didn't really think he was gay, you're offensive, you know, like, that's, I think, the people that are probably being offensive the most, but honestly, I'm fine with him, it does not change my opinion of the man, I think he's a great entertainer, Copacabana is still one of my favorite songs to just dance around to, to be silly, because it's Copacabana. So, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I have nothing... Nothing against him coming out. You know, Barry Mandela, I love you. <laughs> and, um, you can tell the guy clearly loves what he does. If you ever look at a, um, I've never seen him live in person or anything, but, you know, if you ever watch concert on TV, watch him perform, yeah. Um, I think my favorite Barry Manilow song is, well, no, Copacabana was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Mandy was good. Um, I write the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I write the Song, can't smile without you. Because his songs are so easy to sing along to, like you just sort of go, ah. um, and yeah, I, I just find it hilarious that people were surprised. Like that's almost saying, like, oh my God, Liberace. Right, but here's the difference, though. Here's the difference. Where with Liberace. 
he dressed like you thought he was gay? Barry Manilow didn't. That's true. That that's the difference. For, for um Paul Lind. Right. Another good example. Paul Lind. I don't know those of you who don't know Shame, Lind, shame on you if you don't. Just just go on YouTube, type in Paul Lind Hollywood Squares and just and see and just I don't want you to assume stuff, but you know, come on now. Listen to half the stuff he says and you draw your own conclusion. <laughs> or if you want to go one step further, go to YouTube and type in Paul Lynn's Halloween special. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I grew up with the eighties version of Hollywood Square down <laughs> there named Jim J. Bullock who was basically the eighties version of Paul Lind. But the same same difference. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Uh do we have any more news that we want to talk about? Because I'm, I'm done on my end. I don't know. Alright. So, I think on that note, we will go into our brand new segment, which started on our last episode, called, You Know What I Miss. And what this is, is every month, one of us will say to all of you what we miss. Uh, so, I went the last time... So this month, it is Danielle's turn. And Danielle, tell us, what do you miss? I was having a hard time with this because I miss so many freaking things. It's unreal. Aren't, um, aren't you glad uh, we only do this once a month? <laughs> I know. I, I, um, at work, I sit near, like, the people that, whose desks are nearby. We were all born around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, we were born, um, I was born 85 and, like, soon born 84, 83, so, so we grew up around the same stuff. So, basically, at least a few times a week, it's me harping on stuff that isn't around anymore, and I'm sure, like, my other coworkers are just sick of hearing, like, <laughs> me talk like an old woman and, like, the, the all in the family theme or something. like. Remember the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because the people at my job are all older than me, so it's like, well, God, is she too young to be talking like this? <laughs> um, but, so, basically, every week is, you know what I'm <laughs> But this is the recent conversation we had, um, probably most about that. And what I miss, and, and they still exist, it's just they don't exist here as much. Family-themed restaurants. Hmm. Okay. They're here. And, and I, I, before the show, I went and Googled the two that I thought of the most. And they still exist. They just don't exist here. And, um, and what I mean by family-themed restaurants, I mean, like, not just a restaurant you can take your kids to, because those still exist. Like, you can take your kids to Applebee's. Right. Or, or Denny's. But, like, Restaurants that have like a very specific kid theme, and yeah, Chuck E. Cheese is still around, although it's a shadow of its former self, but it's there. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there were more places 
like Chuck E. Cheese when we were kids. We had um, Discovery Zone and Party on Pizza, and uh, um, there were a lot of those. But not even just that. Although Chuck E. Cheese, like I said, they still exist, but they got rid of the birthday room, which is kind of sad, even though those animatronic things were kind of creepy. But, mm. uh, but like, Show Me's, Show Me's was my favorite restaurant when I was a kid. But Show Me's, it was a restaurant that you could go to, like a regular restaurant, but they had a lot of kid stuff. Like, you could, um, they had a special buffet for the kids. Yeah. So, like, your parents would get up and go to the buffet in the salad bar, but there was a little smaller one for the kids that had uh, spaghetti and meatballs. They had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, the little thing. So, you could serve yourself. <laughs> like, I, I think I was about seven. Right, so, and then they had this little tree in the front, this little plastic thing called a lollipop tree, and you reached your hand in there and you got a lollipop out of it. And, um, you know, the mascot was a bit, the Shoney Bear. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. I, and there used to be one not too far from where I lived. And it's long gone. It's been gone for 20 years. But And I looked up online, and the closest one to here now is Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg Virginia. Oh, jeez. So, so they still exist. <laughs> Just. So if I've ever in Fredericksburg, Virginia, for whatever reason, I'll go to Shoney's. Um, another one that I never got to go to, Rainforest Cafe, they don't exist in the state of Maryland anymore. They used to. I'd heard about those. I never went to one. Yeah, um, there used to be one I at um, the mall near where I work, and um, but I never went there. Um, and they rebuilt it, and they got rid of it. Um, and it was this restaurant that had, like, a jungle theme, and there was stuff for the kids to do, but then I, I think the drawback was mist sprayed on you while you were eating, hmm. you could feel like you were actually in the rainforest, but I always wanted to go to that one, and, um, oh, there were just so many, like, now, if it's a restaurant for kids, you can bring kids, it's oh, look, it's the kids' menu, and that's it. Like, there's no little added thing unless it's Chuck E. Cheese, but like I said. And the funny thing is now the commercials for Chuck E. Cheese are trying to appeal to adults, which is even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> My mom hates that commercial with the moms at Chuck E. Cheese eating the um, pasta and asking if the chef is single. Hmm. <laughs> it's so stupid. Well. Um, but, um... Yeah, because you, didn't your nephew recently do his birthday at Chuck E. Cheese? Or? Yeah, actually, uh, JT and Michael both had their birthday parties uh, at Chuck E. Cheese. And yeah. it was really fun. I mean, they got... The thing that I miss about that is that they don't have the ball pit anymore, which I understand why, because... Oh, they're going to get turned. Oh, they're going to get turned. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it was fun. And then I went on a community trip with my class to a Chuck E. Cheese. And they had wings at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, they, they've they made their menu much more expansive so that the adults have something to do. It's like, well, that's what the ski ball's for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
mean, I play skee-ball for hours. Um, they then remember how McDonald's, McDonald's used to be like that too. Like you used to be able to go to McDonald's. Yep. And you could have your kid's birthday party there and it wouldn't be considered tacky. I had mine there. I had mine there. I think, I don't know if I had mine there, but I know there's pictures of me going to one there. And you could, they had a special room. Like, now, if you're lucky, there's one with a play place. But the McDonald's, they had a room, the play place was in a room with additional seating. And it was decorated, or at least ours was, was decorated like a forest. And you could sit on these little tree stumps. And um, that's where you had your birthday party. Yeah. And um, so, and I'm sure if you told somebody that now, they Oh my God! How cheap you went to McDonald's. Oh, but that was the it thing at the time. That was what you did. You went to Chick Fil A. Still does it though. I, um, I think Red Robin does as well. Yeah, my parents' friend's daughter had um, her kid's birthday party at Chick Fil A. I didn't realize Chick Fil A did it, but they do. Um, but yeah, you used to be able to do that. You. Um, yeah, it was just all these more family things to do at restaurants. Like, mm -hmm. it used to be that you could go, um, I remember, oh, what was the other one? Um, Jeepers? Yeah, Jeepers, yeah. Jeepers. I, I got to go to that twice, but yeah, that was... That was fun because there were actual rides. Like yes, there were. Rides that you could find at the fair. In there. Oh, my God. Like, Let me look that up real quick. Because I, I remember going to our neighbor's kid had a birthday party at Jeepers, and I went on, like, this ride that went up in the air and everything. <laughs> Spun around. <laughs> and, oh, um, man, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And, um... And I mean, there, like I said, there's still stuff, like if you take your kid, um, when, there are still places you can have your kid's birthday parties, like there's Sky Zone, the trampoline place. I've never been there. I want to, though. Yeah. I have a friend who has this habit of, like, having her birthday party every year um, at a kid, a sort of a kid's kind of place. And I feel so old. <laughs> Do but I? Yeah. Is it someone that I know? No. Okay. Um, but yeah, Sky Zone, we went to her birthday, I think that was a year ago or two years ago, we did her birthday at Sky Zone. And they give you 90 minutes. And I think after like the first 15, I was done. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is we supposed to keep this up for 90 minutes? Hey, hey Danielle, not yeah. to cut you off. But I have found a Jeepers that exists. Oh, where is it? It is at the Lakeside Mall in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Woohoo! And they are oh, they're open from ten AM to nine PM. That's right. Well, people in Michigan We're coming up. <laughs> hope you are and yep. you and you can follow them on Facebook. That's right. <laughs> uh, they, they are on Facebook. Uh, let's see, what rides do they have? 
Uh, yeah, let's see. What rides? They have, okay, they have the bumper cars. They have the uh, Banana Squadron, <laughs> the Yak Attack, and the Python Pit Roller Coaster. Okay, and I just looked up another one, Skateland and Dundalk. That was one of the ones, um, actually, I, I guess it was in Dundalk. I didn't realize it was in Dundalk, but um, yeah, when um, that was another place we had birthday parties when we were kids. Uh, and the cool part about Skateland was there was this part where you could skate and eat at the same time. Like, they had this little area near the rink that had booze. And you could just skate right in there. You'd have to take off your skates to go eat. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, that was fun. It's still there. Um, oh, it's held with the Charm City Roller Derby team. Whoa. And, yeah. and Sterling Heights is only 32 minutes away from Detroit, Michigan. Well, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, Detroit. Yeah, we're going to go on a road trip to Sterling Heights, Michigan, if anyone wants to join. Never even heard of Sterling Heights, Michigan. Where? Yeah. It's oh, north of Detroit. One place that does sort of have this, although it's a little more geared toward adults, is Dave and Buster's. Right. Except Dave and Buster's, they have a rule where... If you're under the age of 18, or is it, I think they might have lowered it, but it, at one point it was 18. You have to have, you can't be unsupervised. It has to be, you have to be accompanied by an adult. And I think it's like, um, I want to say two or three kids per adult. Because mm-hmm. um, when my best friend, one of my friends in high school turned, um, I think she's turning 15, she had her birthday um, at Dave & Buster's. It wasn't the one, Arundel Mills hadn't been built yet, I know this really is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but there used to be a Dave & Buster's somewhere else, and she had her birthday there. And they had to invite um, her father's accountant to come with us because they needed more adults per child ratio. Um, so, and then I remember my sister's friend, uh, my sister's friend, um, in high school, my, one of my sister's friends had his birthday party at the Dave and Buster's in Arundel Mills. And I told my dad, I said, well, make sure you come and get her, because that's the rule is after 9 p.m. So I said, well, you make sure you come and get her because by nine, because they're not going to, you know, she's not going to be able to stay in there. She's under 18. And my dad's like, oh, is right. oh no, it's under 21 because it's a bar. That's what it is. Yeah. It's under 21. Yeah. So I told my dad, I said, well, you've got to make sure. Um, he's like, oh, just a few minutes. I was like, no, no, no. Trust me. And sure enough, my dad pulls up at 9.05 p.m., my sister and her friends were sitting on the curb looking kicked off like ah. I said, uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Dave and Buster's, though, if you're an adult and you want to recreate the feeling you had at Chuck E. Cheese, definitely go to Dave and Buster's because um, there's tons of tickets, there's food, there's games. 
um, we've been there several. <laughs> Were you with us? I think you might. Have... I have not been inside a Dave and Buster's in forever. Okay, then. Okay, then you weren't there. All right. One of our friends had her birthday. Uh, decided to celebrate her birthday a few years back at a Rumble Mills, and we went to Dave and Buster's after dinner. And so I guess yeah, you weren't there for that. Um, but yeah. Um, and the fun part about David Buster's is they let you put your um, your tickets on account. Mm-hmm. So like because they have like a a Nintendo or whatever that's like forty thousand tickets. So if you earn like a bunch of tickets, I think I earned about when I was there maybe two thousand something. Oh um, wow. Yeah, well, the thing is, is there are games at Dave & Buster's that pay out a lot. Like, there's this one wheel that you spin the wheel, and if you hit jackpot, that's 500 tickets. So I just kept playing this game hmm. over and over again. And it's just a wheel you spin, but, like, it'll hit, like, 75, it'll hit. So that's better than the game at Chuck E. Cheese that I always hated where the lights run really, really fast. You have to hit the button, and if you hit it, right where it says jackpot, then you get the, um... It's still I, there. I hated that game. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you can put it on account. Um, they will give you, I think it's either you get a card or you get a receipt, and you will put, they will put your tickets on account so that you can keep coming there and coming there so that, like, eventually you will earn enough to get the thing you want. So that's nice, because when I was a kid at Chuck E. Cheese, I remember, like, getting 20 tickets and being like, oh, I want the pencil case. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, that's what I meant. <laughs> that was actually a very good conversation. We, you know, yeah. I mean, I never, you know, honestly, I never thought about well, family, yeah, family day restaurants. Cool. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. It was that, and it was family stuff for kids to do in department stores, although I understand that that's not around for safety reasons. But, mm -hmm. like, you used to be able to go to second floor of Sears, and, like, you would leave your kids, and they could watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand why that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so next time around, it'll be my turn, and I think I have it set in my head what we're going to talk about, so. Yeah. Okay, so, on to our feature, and I, I've been waiting to do this conversation for oh, yeah? a while. Uh-huh. Um, about a month ago, in Entertainment Weekly, yeah. Emma Watson, on the cover, very, very cute, attractive young lady. I, I, I wish she was our age, so I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with, uh... That's right, she's younger than us. Isn't she, like, 20 or 22 or something? That's right, I forget. I, I, let, let me check real quick. Yeah! I, I mean, I know she... Okay, this whole conversation is just getting weird already, so... I used to feel that way about Zac Efron, and then I was so relieved to her oh. that she was only playing... Okay, <laughs> okay... Okay, this isn't weird. She's 26. Okay, this is... 
All right, so so at least it's not one of those weird conversations that we can't have. So she's 26 years... Well, she'll be 27 next week. Mm. Okay, so she's five years younger than me. Yeah. This, this can work out, folks. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Bill Emma. Well, yes, um... <laughs> And considering how successful the other campaign, no. Yeah, I know. Hashtag Bill Katy Perry did not go too well. Um. <laughs> I was thinking back to Stacey. Oh yeah, that one and Drew. Well, I don't know. Maybe I still got a shot with Drew Barrymore. She's single now, so. That's right. She is. So maybe I got a shot with her. So. She got two kids. Yeah, I I could work with two. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, before we completely lose control of what... <laughs> so, in this uh, issue of Entertainment Weekly, which this issue is no longer up by now, um, because of Beauty and the Beast um, being released, which, by the way, I'm just going to say real quick, it's not my movie for this episode, but if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's a real good movie. Um, they came out with a list of the top 20 Disney songs in the movies. And I wasn't really sure how people would react to this. Which is why I did not put this up in our Facebook group, because I wanted to save it for this particular episode... And then, after the episode, we could put this up and we could all talk about it. Um, there, according to this, there really were no criteria as far as, you know, what, you know, all that. So, I have the top 20 in front of me. And we're going to go in order from 20 to 1. And we can say if we think this should be on the list, and if it is, is it in the right spot, is it too low, is it too high, it should be here, it should be there. So we can all have a fun conversation, and, you know, maybe we can help end the, well, it's not really a debate, but you guys get it. So, uh-huh. alright, let's get into it. So number 20, to start off the list, you've got a friend in me from Toy Story. Yeah, that's a good... I can understand that, although I'm surprised it's so low. Yeah. Oh, I, I'd have this higher than 20. Oh my god, I'd have this higher than 20. I mean, the amount of times this song gets played, especially with little kids, I would think that would be higher just right there, so... Alright, number 19. A dream is a wish your heart makes from Cinderella. Hmm. Okay. It's a classic, but I'm not, like, super attached to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I... And it's probably... And it's not even... Like, 
the arc you can make the argument it's not even the best song from the movie because because right. the more i think the more famous one and probably the more iconic one is bippity boppity boo right yeah because everyone knows that song this song is like yeah it's there basically all right next one is I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. I know people who love that song and actually hate that song, but I do understand why it's up there. I, I have a co-worker who loves this song a lot, and it's... Uh, oh, I would not put this ahead of Toy Story. Oh my god, no. Not a chance. Oh god. Alright, 17. Colors of the Wind, Pocahontas. I do remember singing that song a lot when I was a kid. Oh, this song was annoying when I was a kid. I hate the movie, though. But I, <laughs> it's funny. I, the hilarious thing about this is... Um, we, I do not... We saw this movie in theaters, and the only real... Uh, memory we have is that somebody hit our car on the way to it. Mm-hmm. We were okay, like nothing major happened or anything. It's just, but like I asked my sister, and that's all she remembers. I'm like that's all I remember too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I do remember singing that song when I was a kid, but I didn't really care much for the movie, and I still don't. Like I said, when we had this discussion a year ago, how this song beat You Got a Friend in Me for Best Original Song of the Oscars is still a crime. Whoever whoever made that decision should have been found, locked up in jail, and been put in the jail for life for that crime. Yep. Alright. 16. What's this? From The Nightmare Before Christmas. I saw that movie once, though. Oh, man. Are you guys ready for an unpopular opinion of this? I don't like the movie. I think the movie is... I don't... I kind of don't I think that movie is so overrated. I tried to watch it once when I was in middle school... Could not get through it. All my friends who hate Disney princess movies love that movie. <laughs> so the ones <laughs> who are like, I, because it's the anti whatever. I, it's okay. I do like the song "This Is Halloween." Right. And I play it every Halloween. I do think that's a very catchy song. Um, and you know, if you like it, great. But I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie. Right. Okay. Uh, fifteen. Bella Notte from Lady and the Tramp. I wasn't a huge fan of Lady and the Tramp growing up, but I do understand why that song's up there. I, I think part of the reason why the song is up on this list, and it is a good song. Yeah. But I think part of the reason why the song is on the list 
is because of the iconic spaghetti scene in the movie. Right. Because if you don't have the song and the dinner together, it's just another song. You know? The thing is, if you ask anybody to name anything about that movie, that's probably the first thing they'll say. It's too. the first thing. Yeah. It really is. I mean... Go ahead, go ahead. And now that I think about it, all I really remember is that and the, the cats. Okay, like, how many times has this scene been parodied on television and movies so many times? Yeah. I mean... I mean, hell, when Triumph, the insult comic dog, released his comedy album, and yes, he did release a comedy album, and it's actually pretty good, um, there's a song that he does where that part gets mentioned. Yeah. And if you're wondering, the name of the song is called 30 Seconds to Magic. Him and Adam Sandler... <laughs> 30 seconds of magic. That's what it's all leading up to, baby. <laughs> oh, I, I might have to put that in the music group tonight just to get people scratching their heads. Be, yeah. Be like, what the hell is Bill putting up here? My um, first boyfriend was a huge fan of Triumphian Soul Comic Dog, so yeah, he... <laughs> it dip in the jacuzzi. Sweet bitch, you'll love it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You know, that's a family-friendly album. Yeah. With great songs like Cats or Cunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good Christian-based entertainment. Yeah, that he is. Oh, God. Uh, Alright, we better get going on this list or else we're going to lose ourselves like we normally do. Yeah. Um, 14. Uh, Whistle While You Work from Snow White. That is iconic. It is. There, There's actually a lot of iconic songs in that movie. Although the hilarious thing is, when I was a kid, I didn't know that song was from Snow White because I heard it first on Disney's sing-along tape. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't see Snow White till later on. Right. So, I, but I... We watched the Disney sing-along tape first, so I didn't know that that... No, that's an iconic song. Yeah. Actually, that's what I think is good about this list, it, or at least so far that we've gone through, is we have iconic songs. And that was one of the things where when I did with Jim Boy Star years ago, when we reviewed Pro Wrestling Out, there would be times where we would say, that is an iconic song for that genre. This is an iconic song for Disney movies. Uh, okay, speaking of iconic, number 13, Hakuna Matata from The Lion King. That should have been the top ten at least. Oh, there's, okay, this and Toy Story should both have been in the top ten. I mean, Hakuna Matata, when I, it is, it's a double-sided song, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. When I was in college, and a, a few other people that I went to college with, they would use Hakuna Matata to um, 
get through a tough test or get through, you know, get just to calm down. But, you know, and get stuff done and like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to, no worries. Uh, Everything's going to be fine. But really, the song is about, ah, screw it. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So so it's kind of funny, but it's, yeah. I still love it to this day. In fact, when I was a kid, that was my favorite part of the movie. It's sort of, I mean, as a kid, it's sort of hard to enjoy it after seeing Mufasa get killed, so, you know. (laughs) Well, Timon and Pumbaa were my favorite part of the movie, so I just used to want to skip ahead to that part. You jerk, you didn't deal with Mufasa dying. You jerk. (laughs) No, that's what I meant. I didn't like to see that I cried when that happened. I know, I didn't like it either. That's why I wanted to skip it. (laughs) Did, did you did you do that at school where they played Lion King? They're like, uh, excuse me, can we fast forward through the part where Simba's dad dies? I don't think we ever did that. Actually. <sighs> actually, I don't even think we watched that at school come to think of it. <laughs> we didn't. You, we watched Homeward Bound though, which was which had a lot more you should have fast forwarded. <laughs> okay, I, I, okay, but honestly though, yeah, the first if the first time you ever see that movie. If you didn't cry during that, I'm just surprised. I'm not going to say that you're not human, but still. Anyway, uh, number 12. <laughs> I don't want to see this part. Let's get to the hood. Let's get to the sidekicks. No. <laughs> number 12. Uh, be our guest, Beauty and the Beast. And and it's the original one, from the cartoon. Not the the new one. The new one's that that version's not that bad, but. Um. Okay. Number eleven. Whew. Okay, I'm gonna try and read this right. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it can be quite atrocious. There you go. Look at that. This is another one where there are so many good songs in this movie. And honestly, it's not even my favorite one from the movie. But if you can ask anybody who isn't super familiar with it to name a song from the movie... This would be one of the first ones. Because that's another one where... The Disney sing-along tape, I Didn't Know Step in Time, was um, from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like heard it from, um, I, I saw the sing-along tape, I had no idea. So, um, yeah, Step in Time, Chim Chimmery... Oh, Spoonful of Sugar, which I can no longer watch without cracking up because I think of the Simpsons parody of... In fact, I can't watch Mary Poppins. (laughs) We had a friend who, um, her... We had watched Mary Poppins at her birthday party, and I had to leave the room 
because I was cracking up because I didn't realize, because I hadn't seen the movie in a while, but I had recently seen the Simpsons parody, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize just how dead on they were <laughs> with so many things, and I just, and, um, like, there's this spoonful of sugar part, and, um, I'm like, the Star of Simpsons was like, if you cut every corner, this is... <laughs> It's the American way. And I just, like, lost it. Oi, Sherry Bobbins. Sherry Bobbins. We were going to get married, and then you left me at the altar. And, like, um, and then they go to the park, and they're like, let's go fly a kite. And Burst and Burst like, look at me, Smithers. I feel so alive. And then he gets struck. Yep. Oh, I, I hear my heart beating. Thank you, Sherry Bobbins. My favorite, um, my favorite part of that episode, and, and this is still sort of on topic because yeah, we are yeah. talking about Mary Poppins. My favorite part is when Sherry Bobbins sings, you know, a song to Barney and Lisa to go to sleep, and it's the story of Barney, drunk at, you know, outside of the bar, and like just that whole scene with him and Mo is just absolutely hilarious. It is so great. Yep. Oh my gosh. I th- that you know what that would be a great topic for a future episode down the line to like yep. like you know think of like Mary Poppins and say this was my favorite song for that movie or this one or this one. That that would be a good group conversation right there. Yeah. But for another day. Right. Uh, number 10. Friend Like Me from Aladdin. Okay, yeah. That totally works. I could live with that. It's that, you know, catchy, happy song, you know. I, I, I still can't watch that movie now, but... I, I, I just can't. I haven't been able to... I, it took me a year before I could still watch a stand-up, but... I still haven't gotten to the point where I can watch his movies. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire in, like, yeah, I, I just can't. And that's far. been, what, three years now? Yeah, almost? it's been three years since he's been gone. Yeah, it, it's been easy. So, it's... <sighs> yeah. My, the funniest thing Robin Williams ever did, and it's on YouTube, is, and it's an old clip, but it's real funny. Him as Elmer Fudd singing Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> One of the funniest things I have ever seen. I'll have to go look that up. Oh, it's short, it's quick, it's great. But, um, yeah, Aladdin was the only movie ever that I've seen in theaters more than once. Hmm. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was um, seven years old, and my parents had taken us to see it, and then my after-school program, we had a choice between seeing Aladdin or a movie with Emilio, it was either Emilio Estevez or Michael J. Fox, they used to get them mixed up when I was a kid. Do you, do you remember like, what that movie was? Life with Mikey. Life with Mikey. Mikey was the name of the movie. Oh, Mikey? Yeah, Mikey. All right, let me look that up real quick for you. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay. It's did not star either one of them. Do you want me to read who the cast is? Life with Mikey? I oh, Life with Mikey. I thought you just said Mikey. Because no, that was... I, okay, because that was a horror movie that was released yes. the same year. No, Life with Mikey. Uh, okay, Michael J. Fox is the star of the movie. Yeah. Wow, that would have been bad. Been like, wow, your aftercare group went to see a horror movie? Yeah. No, they, we had the choice between Life with Mikey and Aladdin, and I picked Aladdin because I had already seen it and therefore knew that I would like it. So, wow. So, um, and most of the other kids went to see the Michael J. Fox <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't blame them with a cast including Christina Vidal, Cindy Lauper, and Nathan Lane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. Whew. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we at? Number nine. Number nine. We're at nine now. Uh, Under the Sea from Little Mermaid. Okay. Yeah, that totally needs to be. A, yeah. Uh, I guess. I, I guess it's okay. I I would have had it just outside of the top ten. But uh, I, I, I guess I can live with nine. You have to keep in mind of what. The music from The Little Mermaid essentially... Right. That and Beauty and the Beast essentially changed Disney movie songs. The fortune. It, it changed everything. So, yeah, I can understand why that's up there. Alright. Number eight, Baby Mine from Dumbo. Oh, God. <laughs> is that one that tears you up? Just telling my coworkers, I was like, there is... I have not watched that movie in 25 years. There's <laughs> very good reason. No. Uh-uh. I can't. No. <laughs> I, I can see why. That That's a bit of a tearjerker. That, that's just... No. That song. Oh, my God. <sighs> I honestly could see this as a song being played at someone's baptism. Oh, God. I really could. Remember, remember the conversation we had months ago where I was like, when I have a kid, I'm going to have baby on board played at my kid's baptism. See, now that I could live with. <laughs> I would totally be fine with that. Baby mind, baby on board. Baby mind, baby on board. No. Oh, my God. Um, they, um... is going to direct it, and I think Dumbo's going to end up looking like an emo elephant. Yes, and he'll be like, I don't want to fly. My mom's locked up in a cage. I don't want to do this. Society is wrong. I just want to go and cry for four hours. 
feel like Nine Inch Nails singing to you. <laughs> Just, yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Right. <laughs> I know, sort of want that to happen. I know. <laughs> that might have been the best thing I've heard all day. Oh, <laughs> can someone make that happen? Are they even still together? Yeah, they yeah I think they still are. Oh, they are? Okay. I think so. Oh, oh. wow. I, uh, oh, my God. That's it. The show's over. Goodbye, everyone. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> let's rile the people up with this next one. Okay. Number seven. <laughs> I want Nine Inch Nails to sing Dumbo now. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> number seven. <laughs> Number seven, let it go from Frozen. <laughs> no offense to those who like the movie. <laughs> okay, I do want to. I, I do want to say um, about that song. Okay, first off, I hate the movie. I think the movie is terrible. I think it's so overrated. Oh yeah. With the song. Like, if you really listen to the lyrics, it sends such a bad message, or at least it feels like to me, it, they send a bad message of, hey, you know what? You don't have to do anything. The people that you trusted, they're all gone now. So let it go. Be yourselves. And this is so, supposed to empower women when if you watch the 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 movie like the main character looks like a complete bitch yeah well um my somebody i know told me that they had rewritten some of it and it shows because there's plot holes there's holes in the plot at some in some parts, and it's kind of like, although mm -hmm. they're making a sequel, so I guess they will solve that. But, Why? Uh, Why do we need a sequel? That's all. Like, Why did we have to? Did Disney have to rename the Walt Disney Merry Christmas Parade into the Frozen Merry Christmas Parade? Oh, because you know they want to mark you. You know they want to market on the hottest thing going right now. And somebody tried to justify because I was very happy. They didn't do it this year. It stunk this year, but they didn't do that this year. But um, I was really outraged the year they did this. I was like throwing off some Facebook. They were like, well, they have to get the costing. I'm like, yeah, but it was never the Lion King Merry Christmas Parade. It was never the, you know, if we're going to be honest, because Lion King. For those of you who don't remember, was huge. Year, yeah, huge. And this was in an era when it took a movie a year to go from theaters to VHS, so you can imagine how, like, 
you know, everybody was, in, you know, going crazy. You know what I can't wait for? The Dumbo Christmas special starring Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to get off of that. I really am, folks. I just... Uh, uh, number six. Circle of Life from The Lion King. Oh, yeah. That needs to be up there. Definitely. Honest, honestly, I thought... Uh, can you feel the love tonight would have been on that list. I thought, but... Yeah. Well, see, the problem is that's one of those movies where most of the songs were, like, hits. That, that's the problem. <laughs> because, um, a lot of the older Disney movies, like if you said, uh, Cinderella... Uh, no, not Cinderella. What's Oh, God. Peter Pan, you probably couldn't name all the songs from Peter Pan. There were a lot. Mm -hmm. Realize that, because all you can really think of is You Can Fly or, um... Yeah, there were others. Right. So, but The Lion King, every song in there, you can name. It was that huge. It was. It was, um, in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of the older Disney movies maybe only had one or two songs in them, because, um, Sleeping Beauty, I can only name one. There were probably others, but I can only name one. Right, because there's that one song. Yep. Okay. Um, number five. Yeah, five. A whole new world, Aladdin. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think that I, got nominated for a Grammy the year it came out too. I think it did. Yeah. No, I I could see that. Okay, number four, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, yeah, that might have actually won the Grammy. Oh gosh, you know. And I'm looking them up. And I'm not a big fan. Of the of, of the cartoon, I think I've said that before. I'm not right. a big fan, but the remake was done so well. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. If I had to pick between the two, I would say this one, the 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 original one, is a lot better than. Um, than the remake. Oh, you did see the Emma Watson? Yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, yeah, it did win. It won the Academy Award for... Oh, they both won. I was right. Okay. Wow, Disney cleaned up at the Oscars. Jeez. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast won um, the Oscar for Best Original Song, and then the following year, A Whole New World won. And then two years, and then two years after that, Can You Feel the Love Tonight won. Hmm. And then Colors of the Wind won. Okay. <laughs> and then that kind of, and then the rest of this sort of signals the kind of drop in, in my opinion, that Disney went through in the late, late 
90s. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Uh, number three, The Bare Necessities. Oh, my God, yes. That was my childhood. That was one of my favorite songs as a kid. In fact, that was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater was Jungle Book. Because mm-hmm. there was a time in the 90s when Disney was re-releasing a lot of their older movies in theaters, and that was the first one I saw in the theater was Jungle Book. Right. I loved The Bare Necessities. That was my favorite, favorite song. And um, then I, I made the mistake of telling my coworkers that I liked this song, so they decided to torture me by singing it yeah. like, constantly. I'm like, no, stop it. <laughs> stop it, damn it. They're just going to play it. They're going to, yeah. All right. Number two, Part of Your World, Little Mermaid. Oh, my God, yeah. That's one of my sing-alongs. <laughs> really horrible sing-alongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I could live with it being number two. And that leaves us with only one choice. Uh-huh. Number one, according to Entertainment Weekly, When You Wish Upon a Star, Pinocchio. All right, that's understandable. That's, yeah, I can live with that. That's that's the ultimate Disney song. Yeah. That's the ultimate Disney song right there. I mean, and... One of my favorite episodes, they don't have this in here anymore because of royalty rights and stuff like that, but one of my favorite episodes of Roseanne is where they go to Disney World, mm-hmm. and um, they ask, like, a lot of people hate this one, I love this one, because it's definitely Disney World, but they're acting still like the, the way that they act, mm-hmm. and they're, um, so when the park opens, they play Winnie Wish Upon a Star, and they're, like, running through the park. And then, um, so their dad is trying to get beer. Hmm. And he's like, well, we don't serve beer in the Magic Kingdom, but we serve it at Epcot. So then you see him running to Epcot playing Winnie Wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, they, they had to remove it, though, in the reruns, which is sad, but it's like a really... Yeah. All right. So, for the most part, we're fine with the list. Right. Except for a couple of things, which we're not going to bring up again. Because I would probably lose it, as you guys have heard. So, this leads me to this. And I wanted to mention this to everybody. On... Entertainment Weekly's website, EW.com, and I'll even mention the, the link in a minute. They are doing a sort of their own version of the NCAA tournament where you vote for what you think 
is the best Disney song ever. It is a six, it was 64 songs um and th this if you have Sirius uh, XM radio you guys can hear it on channel 105. Um and they've had a tournament go. Now they're in the quarterfinals of the tournament or the Elite Eight, whatever you want to call it. The finals begin for voting on April the 13th, and the winner will be announced April the 17th. So, as of this recording, you still have two days to vote in the quarterfinals. And uh -huh. I will read to you the four... No, I don't want... Yep. Yeah. Dang it, no, that's not what I wanted. Hold on a minute, folks. This is messing me up here. Um, but yeah, I have the four quarterfinal songs that you all can vote to. So the four that are, or the four matches include When You Wish Upon a Star, which we just mentioned was number one, Versus Under the Sea. Be Our Guest versus Beauty and the Beast. Circle of Life versus Kiss the Girl. And Let It Go versus Part of Your World. That is your quarterfinals. Ah. And of course... The the semifinals begin on the 11th, and I like I mentioned, the finals begin on the 13th. The winning uh, Disney song will be announced on April the 17th. And one big upset I was looking at, because for some reason it's not going to show me the whole bracket. Round two, the bare necessities got beat by I Can't Wait to Be King. Big upset there. Big upset. It's a diaper dandy, baby. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna torture you guys with that, but yeah. Um so that's the list from Entertainment Weekly. You can go to ew.com backslash Disney if you want to vote in the tournament for the best Disney song ever. Yeah. Alright. So, now is the part of the show where we get to pick our movie and uh, albums for, well, this would be for March, so, even though this is being recorded in April, this would be for March, technically. Oh, okay. Um, so, so I will start us off, um, and... This one was sort of a no-brainer. Well, okay, I'm not going to say a no-brainer. But this was an easy choice for me. Because on eBay, I recently ordered... Th uh, I, I got a good deal. Three movies came together. Um, the Phantom of the Opera was one of them. Dracula, the, the original Dracula. Excuse me, was another one. And then there's the third one. And the third one is my movie of the month. Okay. It is the original Frankenstein. I 
absolutely love this movie. Um, yes, it's one of the early, you know, horror movies that defined the genre. I mean, it was released in 1931, so you could tell that, you know, how long the legacy has been of the movie. The first time I saw this movie, I thought of it as more of a drama than I did a horror movie. I mean, at the time, I understand, yes, this is a horror movie, but I think when you really sit and you really watch the movie, it is a... I think of it as more of a drama. Yes, there is horror... Like, there's some horrific stuff in the movie. Um, and I'm going to spoil one scene here where the monster uh, sees this little girl at like, the pond or the lake, and, you know, she wants him to throw flower petals into the lake. Well, he, you know, accidentally drowns the little girl. And, I, you know, obviously he has no realization um, of what he did. And I think what everyone gets confused about is that the monster is named Frankenstein. Which it's not. The doctor is Frankenstein. The the monster has no name. It's just the monster. Uh -huh. And one thing I really like about this movie, and this and this you know shows you the times. And I'm gonna read this for you guys. Um, at the very beginning of this movie, there is a gentleman by the name of Edward Van Sloan, who comes from. Behind the curtain. And he's in the movie. And he says the following. And I quote. How do you do? Mr. Carl Lamell feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a friendly word of warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein. A man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation. Life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So, if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to, uh, well, we warned you. Okay, how smart of an idea is that? You know, for the release of a movie. You, uh -huh. you know, it's so good. Um, and like I said, I really love this movie. Um, and I'm looking at the notes real quick. It, has, it had a budget of $262,000. It made $12 million at the box office. Twelve. It made twelve million dollars at the box office, and it had a budget of two hundred thousand. All right. Uh, so Danielle, it's your turn for your movie for this month slash episode. Okay. 
month or so. Okay. Sixteen but, candles, like, yeah, that stuff. stuff too. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't name anything off the top of my head. Um, Corey Haim. 
80s teen movie. Um, yeah, it, um, so it's a cute little movie. I don't know where it, it, I think it might be available on DVD somewhere, but it used to come on cable on Comedy Central mm -hmm. a lot um, in like 2001 or so. so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, look it up. All right. So now we go from our movie of the of the month episode to the album of the month episode, and Danielle will kick us off. All right, staying on the '80s theme because I've been on an '80s kick recently. I've been downloading a lot of '80s music on um, iTunes, and the album that I've downloaded or I recently downloaded is it's called poolside and it's by a band called new shoes and um they were i had heard of them years ago on because i used to watch a lot of vh1 and they do these where are they now specials and i discover a lot of bands i'd never heard of because i was a little kid when mm -hmm. they were popular but new shoes had their biggest hit was a song called i can't wait in like 1986 and um i'm not going to sing it but if you look it up you recognize it probably if you've heard it right um but they had um so it was just this upbeat you know sort of 80s kind of made you feel good and made you think of like neon signs in the mall and <laughs> i don't know it's just kind of so um but the album is called poolside and has um i can't wait point of no return Point of No Return is funny because it's like this video of a bunch of randomly dancing shoes because the band's called New Shoes. So, um, don't let me be the one you put me in a trance. But, um, yeah, so just check it out. They're um, a husband and wife duo, guitar, keyboard. Um, and, yeah. You know, I, and I'm looking at this, the band is still together. And they released an album last year. Oh, yeah. I have that, too. On, um, let me see. It's called... I, let, I just want... I'm going to let you get... Yeah, I'll let you see if you can remember the name of the album. Oh, that's not the one I have. It's um the one... I have the one before, Kung Pao Kitchen. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. The, their last album is Bagtown. Yeah, I'll have to look that one up. I didn't realize they had done... Yeah. All right. Okay, so it's my turn, and this is an album that I have been wanting to do for a while, and now's the time to do it. Uh, every, you know, every once in a while, you know, you hear on the radio a couple songs that you like from, you know, a certain band, and then you're like... Okay, I want to discover them a little bit more, and I want to hear them more. And that can decide if you like them or not. And this is the case with this particular album and this particular uh, band. So, for my album, I have selected the very best of Super Tramp from oh, Super Tramp. Yeah. Um, released on my birthday... June 3rd of 1990, which I did not know. Um, this album is 15 songs, and it's got some of their biggest hits, including Goodbye Stranger, The Logical Song, 
breakfast in America, take the long way home, and give a little bit. Um, how this band is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is surprising. It, it's weird because uh, on uh, Big 100 here in D.C., all weekend they've been playing, you know, mostly songs of bands that are in the Hall of Fame and a couple that aren't but should be in. Super Tramp is one of these bands that really should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's just a really good album to listen to. You don't, like I said, you don't have to necessarily, you know, be a, like a big fan of the band to get the album. Um, I, I know for me, I'm probably not, excuse me, going to get their stuff, but the, the, uh, yeah, mix, typing and speaking does not go well with me. Um, but no, it's really good. Um, I enjoyed this album, so I recommend this to everyone. If you, if you want a little old school feeling or, if you just want a you know different sound, then go with this album. It's a really good album to listen to. All right, um, I think that's gonna just about do it for this episode. So we'll do our quick plugs. You can follow the show on Twitter. We're at Nostalgia Crew Fifteen, and you can join our Facebook group. Type in Nostalgia Crew, and you guys are right there it's pretty simple i think yeah we'll try to update it more <laughs> yeah sorry well well you know like i said in the beginning you know i everybody in my family had been sick including myself so but the next time around which we hope will be this month we're hoping yeah we're hoping will be our two-year anniversary show so, um, I don't know what we're going to discuss. Well, I know I'm going to discuss something that I miss. Um, and, you know, we'll probably have other nostalgic-related news, or who knows what we're going to do for the two-year anniversary show. We'll be nostalgic about the Nostalgia Crew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you know what? Real quick, and I want to mention this um, before we uh, end the episode. He's not going to care that I mention this to you, but... Okay. Uh, you have a fan. I do? Yes, you have a fan in Norway. Wow. Uh, his name is Fro. Uh, he's a co... He, he helps me on uh, our South Park podcast. And he's a fan of yours. Me personally? Yeah. How? Well, thank you. <laughs> and and if you were curious, he is single. In Norway. In Norway. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you continue to keep listening. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a real cool guy. I got nothing bad to say about him. Well, really Except he's from Norway. Man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, yep, that's going to do it for us. Uh, like I said, next time you hear us will hopefully be this month. 
It will be our two-year anniversary show. So, so until then, we will talk to you all later. You've been listening to Nostalgia Crew.